0: Hello people, this is Dee, Dee and I am That Black Nurse. So I came on to let you know in my intro why I'm doing this so people can quit asking me. I'm doing it because I want to expose racism in nursing. I'm doing it because favoritism exists, along with stereotyping you. You have to be careful what people call you. Never let a person call you aggressive. Never let a person call you any type of name that's derogatory in any kind of fashion or stereotypical way, because if you do, it'll continue. Like the new word for angry. For a black woman is frustrated. So you have to pick up on those cues. And I'm here to teach you certain things so that you won't do what I've done in the past and you'll see it prior to it coming in your future. When people start acting a certain way and doing certain things, you have to pick up on it real quick. And so, therefore, I'm just here to tell my pain, I'm here to tell my happiness, I'm here to tell my struggle still as in 2021 with the same cotton-picking thing, just a different people uh, that you work with, a different group of people that you work with. But it is going to be said many, many times throughout my stories, I don't like racism, I don't like favoritism, and I don't like to be stereotyped. So this is why I'm here, people. I want you to know that it's there, it exists. You would think it wouldn't, but it does. So I'm telling you my stories, my 20-year stories, honey. So come on back in. Thank you for your support in 2020, and here we are in 2021. My name is Didi, and I am that black nurse. Family, friends, and haters too. How are y'all doing today? I come to you with a story that's fairly long, but I would try to make it as short as I can because I really want you to understand that it is very important to protect yourself at all times as an RN, L P N, CNA, doctor, PA, doctoral, pharmacist, anything that's in the medical field, you really need to have your own insurance just in case something happens like this happened. Now, there was a lady, uh, she worked for a company, and she worked for him for about 30 years, and a little bit more, because she says she also worked there as a CNA. Now, that's certified nursing assistant, for those that don't know. This lady was a Russian nurse, and this one hospital she worked at she worked her whole career at, okay? It really goes to show a couple of things. You are expendable at any time, no matter how much of a service you give, and great service at that, because she had received numerous awards uh, for best, I think it was best uh, nurse that year, Daisy Award, Uh, she received most liked. Most helpful things like that at this particular facility. Now, she was a lady of standards, in other words, she was an old school nurse. So, old school nurses have a certain way of doing things, and I'm one of them. We do what works versus doing all that extra stuff just to do something that you've been doing for your whole career. So, she knew how to be a nurse. And she knew how she had to do nursing. And sometimes that can be a trap for you. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's the best thing for you. But if you're a travel nurse, I suggest you learn how to be flexible. uh, Because you'll be flexed, so to speak, everywhere. Every four hours, or it could be two or three hours. You never know. But anyway... This particular Russian nurse, again, worked for this hospital 30 plus years, and one day she came to work. She was an ICU nurse at Ming's Intensive Care Unit, for those of you that don't know. And as she came into work, she said, or rather they told her that she didn't have to work today. And she said, yes, I do got the same schedule. I've had that same schedule for years now. So she knew she was supposed to be at work, but they didn't call her off. Now they are used to having one, two, or three patients at that time. Now, most of the time they used to get one or two, but at that time I was a mass nurse and I got up to eight patients. So it could be hectic, very hectic okay it could be mind-boggling you could lose your license easily if you step to the left too far and hit your head on a wall um, but she she had asked to stay and they told her she could and find a need for her somewhere so they did they found her need and she worked and said well they sent her to a med search floor so when she got there to the med search floor She had five patients assigned to her. Mind you again, they only used to working one to two, maybe three. And that third one is probably getting ready to go to a step-down unit. And they're asleep most of the time. They are asleep, knocked out. They've drugged them so that they could heal, their body could heal. Because it's pretty intense when you are in intensive care that something's going on with you. So she went there, gave her five patients, and she went to get report. And the report she she got was overwhelming for her. Although it's just five patients, which I would have loved at that time. But she didn't want two heavy patients. Because again, remember, she doesn't work with people that are, are woke. So three of her patients walkie-talkies, and when I say walkie-talkie, they're able to get up, be able to do what they need to do, go to the bathroom, take a shower, that type thing, and more likely, on their way out the door. She so had three of those, but the other two were fresh events. One of them had just had a stroke. He was an elderly guy, and very brittle, you know. The other one was an open-heart surgery patient open heart surgery patients should never be on the unit day one ever so she went to the charge nurse and she said to the charge nurse hey you know I'm not used to having patients such as these and I just want to know if you'll go ahead and take one of them or take the three or take two something like that so I am not you know boggled down and the charge nurse said uh no you know if everybody else can do five you should be able to do five too and she said "Well, she explained to her okay I understand where you're coming from but I'm an ICU nurse I don't I'm not used to this environment I don't know where anything is and you know it's going to be overwhelming just by that itself She said, oh, don't worry about it. We'll be here. This is what the charge nurse said. Now, we'll be here to help you. Don't worry about it. And so she was like, well, okay, but I still want you to take at least one of the patients. take one of the patients that might be going home and should check on that person. And she said again, no. If they're getting ready to go home, then they're getting ready to go home. You should be able to discharge them and leave it at that. So the charge nurse was being an ass and... She just knew if she would have denied the whole uh, assignment, she would have to go back home. And she didn't want to go back home. So therefore, she just went on ahead, took report, or finished report, and then went to work. Well, about two hours later, after she's checked on everybody, Here comes this person, which is the wife of the open heart surgery patient, coming up to her um, as she was making her way into the room to do her rounds again. And said that her husband was uh, complaining of chest pain and he's like grabbing onto his chest. And so she immediately ran on past the lady, went on into the room and saw that the uh, patient was not breathing. Immediately, she hit the button for the code, and she started pumping on the chest. Now, a lot of people say, what, she didn't check the airway, breathing, circulation, you know, things like that. One thing a nurse is usually really, really good at is knowing if a patient is dead or alive, okay? There's certain things you just look for, and basically just, they're not breathing, Okay, Uh, so apparently he had been breathing for a little bit because his face was pale and his lips were blue. And the wife said he's been complaining about chest pain all morning long, you know. And she said the nurse that, that I'm talking about yelled at her to say, you're just now saying something about it? Oh, my God, what in the world? So the lady was like, don't be yelling at me. And she said, I'm not trying to, but you should have said something earlier. So she was pumping on the patient's chest. That's all she was doing. And so the code team came. They are usually the ED, ICU, the trauma, all of those type individuals that have some serious education in doing Codes and probably qualified to do so, uh, like a certification, PALS, T, TCNN, and all the you know, trauma care, nursing, something, blah blah blah. I don't know, how to, I didn't get that one, but she was pumping on this man's chest. Okay, so they came, they helped her because they recognized who she was because they know they. Always work with her on the ICU units, and most of the time, those are the teams that where they're coming from, like I said. So, and most hospitals have a trauma team or um, emergency team, whatever code thing. There's so many different names for them everywhere you go. They should just be a universal name, you just call them code people or something. I don't know, but anyway. So, she went in there, or they ran in there and took the board. And when they took the board uh, from the code cart, which the code cart wasn't even pushed near the door. Uh, in this particular facility, they didn't bring a code cart because you already have one on the unit. Uh, so they had to go find the code card. So once they found it, located it, which was idiotic thing for me to locate something when you have a charger sitting up there at the front desk along with the secretary and they are not doing anything they're just sitting chilling like a villain okay so once they found it and they brought it back in and she put the board up under the patient and took the patient down uh, to a flatter position because you have a, a button on the bed that usually is coated. that You hit it, and it flops the bed straight back and make the bed a little harder but not hard as it needs to be for you to be pumping on the chest. So this particular nurse was just pumping, 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 and pumping, and she was tired. You get very tired when you're pumping on the chest, people. That's a straight workout. All right? So, she was doing that. They got that board up under there, and she was still pumping. And she was doing a very good job at it. But then all of a sudden, they called into the room. They meaning the first time, it was the charge nurse saying that your patient is calling out from down there. The other end. And she was like, okay, I'll come when I can. And she hit the button at all because she kept pumping on this man's chest. She didn't allow anybody else to take over. She was just going, going, going. And some people are like that. I'm one of those nurses too. I want you to survive. I do not want you to die under my license. So I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure you don't die. Now, just kept going on. They called a second time into the room. This time was a secretary. They called into the room. and. The secretary said the same thing. Your patient is calling out down there. And she said, fine. I said I'll be out there in a minute. And she hit the button again to, you know, deal with that, cut it off. And then they started doing all the other stuff, of course, which is uh, putting a tube in the throat. I'll make it real simple for some people that don't understand certain things but they put a tube in your throat and they started to bag when you hear the word bag on that means ambu bag and pumping you know air into the lungs and things like that so she was there still they also uh started hanging different fluids up to get the volume in the body that needs to be there in the heart and in, in your body period and kept pumping on his chest now by this time you got the code card why haven't you applied the electrodes okay to get ready to pop him so not pop him but hit him with the the um zole or you know like you see in the ed shows where they zap you and all that kind of stuff so they hadn't done that yet and i was wondering why they haven't done it well come to find out there was <laughs> absolutely it's not funny, but there wasn't any um, the electrode part that gets what you attach to the little thing that that pushes up on your body, um, the stickers. they didn't have the, the electrodes they didn't have any to go to that particular machine because that particular machine was an old machine, so they quit ordering the parts a long time ago. They just never replaced it, and they never you know told anybody on the unit either. So, you would check it, still came on, and all that, you know, during your, your shift as a charge nurse. However, if you don't have the supplies to go along with it, it doesn't matter how many times you turn a vacuum machine on, it doesn't work. So, that's why they never did that. Well, they called back into the room again. Uh, the sec- secretary said, you need to come out and go down to that room where your patient keeps calling out and Not um, answering the bell when you call into the room. Just stuck. I don't know. They're just stuck to the bell or something. I don't know. The bell is stuck. And so the doctor said, she'll be down there because he was aggravated. Oh, the fact that they didn't understand that she was in the code. So he was like, God, dial. You know, what the hell? Just like I say, what the hell? So she ran out the room, ran to the desk. What is going on? And they said, well, your patient keep calling out, which one? And um, she said, that one, way down there. So the patients weren't beside each other. They were on opposite sides of the uh, hall. So the one nearest to the desk was the heart patient. I would have put both of them at the desk, uh, very near the desk, because they were the most critical So she took off running down there, and she ran into the room. And the room was a little slippery because the elderly man, because he was elderly, he hit the floor. He had a massive stroke. And so he never let the button go uh, because, of course, he needed help. So I don't know whenever determined... They rather never determined if and and they, uh, the patient was trying to get to the bathroom, I would say yes, and or try to walk to the door to let them know that hey, something is wrong, you know, my body's reacting again to a stroke, blah, blah blah. They never determined that. but they went in there, she ran in there, she slid on the floor because blood was on the floor. See he had hit his head. So you know when you have neck up, things bleed to death, it seems like it. It just it it bleeds a lot. Other parts of your body as well, certain parts. However, uh your face up, yes, it just happens, people. So oh my gosh, is what she was yelling. And the button that was pushed down, you could hear when you push the button down what's going on in the room and so the charge nurse is like what does he want and she said call a code she said call a code why and she said call the fucking code that's what she said she said and then the charge nurse got pissed off you don't have to yell oh see that couldn't have been me I know me Oh, I know me. I would have ran back out of that room so damn fast and probably went up there and choke her ass. And then would have been like, now, call the code for two more people. Oh, my gosh. The lady was really, really upset. She was upset. So she turned the baby, not the baby, but the person over on their back, or the patient, over on their back. And for him, for some reason, she did all the vital sign checks. And uh, but it, it didn't work. He was bleeding out, he hit his head. so obviously as an elderly person you never want them to hit their head because it's very serious. You don't want anybody to hit their head, but definitely is that elderly person. So because he was like 73 I believe. okay Now she had both of these patients and both of them were in codes and the one that she just went into, we don't have a cart. So her, be there trying to do what she can do with absolutely no help on hand and pumping on his chest. The blood, of course, just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and uh, it was messy. It was just messy. Now, being that, uh, it was a serious situation to me. I I don't know what she was thinking. I really don't, because I've never been in a situation like that before. But I'm pretty sure she was in panic mode. She was just panicking because no one was coming right away. And so she did get up off of the floor, but she slid again and hit the floor because of the blood that was coming out. Now, mind you... She knew they were coming, just really hadn't got there like she needed them to get there. Like, one or two people appear. And it's actually the one or two that came from her first coat that came in there. But like I said, when they come in there, they did the same thing she did. She just slid. They just slid all down in the blood because it was coming in through the door um, because the blood was... He was near the bathroom. The bathroom was directly in front of him. And when you turn to the left you're going back out the door and it was a very small room she said so therefore you just take a couple of steps and you're going to run into the blood so that's what happened so they all were sliding all the way around and then all of a sudden you know they try to help but they also called out for a code card well you have no code card it's already been used so nobody thought to go to the other unit directly across from them to get the cold that they had nobody thought of that so they were just sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for something to happen miraculously I don't know what a uh, dinosaur falling from the sky I don't know but they got the person up got them in the bed and The first one that had the open-heart surgery had already left. They had just, they revived him and went on and just took him on out to ICU. But they all, like about six or seven of them, were with, you know, that patient. Then a couple of more came on in trying to help and... She was screaming for a coat card. And, you know, you got you to gotta tube them. You got to bag them and all this kind of stuff. And nobody was doing any of that. Also hang fluids on him, which he should have already had fluids hung on him, in my opinion. But, you know, elderly person, they're usually pretty dried out anyway. Because uh, they don't hardly drink anything. So, time for the court case. This lady had been terminated from our job that day of those two codes they felt that she didn't do the right things she is a nurse and like I said been working for them for 30 something years and she didn't know the routine of things on that unit she didn't know where to go get things she didn't know who to call all she knows that she should have had was another code card She was terminated. Imagine working for this company 30 years as an RN and getting fired. You can't get any of your benefits, nothing. You're fired. She was devastated. She was devastated, and I can guarantee you I would have been too. So she was devastated. It was time for her to go up there and face the music of what took place. Well, what took place was the guy, of course, that had the heart attack, survived. But the man or the patient that, you know, had the stroke, he died. And they were blaming the hospital, the family, and the family sued the hospital. And then they, in turn, sued her. Now, she was under the umbrella at that time of the company. But once you're fired, you don't have that umbrella anymore. And I think they knew what was going to happen. So they just let her go. Now, the hospital did pay out some amount of money. They didn't tell us. uh, But that's what happened. And then... You know, they called her up there to the front desk, not the front desk, Lord have mercy, to the, to the courtroom and called her up to testify. So when she went up there to testify, she was crying and crying and crying and crying. And the judge said, ma'am, I need you to get yourself together. And she's like, this is us together. I'm going to get, I have been, you know, crying for the longest time with this situation. You know, my life is ruined. And he understood. And he said, you want to just take a quick break? And she said, hell no. Let's go. I can't take this anymore. Let's just go. And so he said, okay. I just want to make sure you're okay. She said, I'm not okay. And I'm not going to be okay. And so that was that on that. So now, the questions came heavily. And I can't remember all of them. But I do remember the... A lawyer saying to her, "If you didn't know how to do med surge, why would you go to a med surge floor?" And for those that don't know med surge, just medical surgical floor. Okay, so you get basically any type of patients. You actually get patients from the ICU, and that unit right there was considered a step down unit. I learned later on. So she should have been in an element of hers that she knew uh, something about. But of course, she didn't know the routine of the unit, supplies and all this kind of stuff, bathroom, whatever. She didn't know all of that because you never worked there before. And she said, well, I didn't think that it would be that big of a deal. But I did ask for the charge nurse to take some patients. And she said no. And he said, and when she said no, what did you do? She said, I asked again, and then I asked again, and she still said no. And so he asked, why did she say no? And she said, because she stated that if everybody else can handle five patients, I should be able to handle those patients as well. And how did you feel about that, he said? She said, I did not like it. I did not really want to take it, but I just, because I'm old school, you know, my mind is of old school, once you take an assignment, basically, you've taken an assignment. You take on the responsibility of those patients, and that's still true to today. If you take report, the patients are yours. They might lean, you know, be a little lenient about it, but not very much that I'm aware of. So, anyway, that guy got through questioning her, and then it was the other person um, across uh, her, well, it was her lawyer. So a lawyer, her lawyer got up and asked, "Um, were you comfortable in the environment? She said, no, she said, and he asked her, why was, why weren't you comfortable? Because I've never worked on that unit before, she said. And he says, so why were you working on that unit? Why didn't you just go home? And she said, because I live an hour away and that was her usual day of work. She doesn't even have to look at her schedule. She knows when she works because of doing it for so long. And so he said, well, what made you stay? Because she said, I did not want to go home. And so therefore, you went to this unit who sent you to the unit. And it was her boss that sent her to the unit because they needed help. And at that time, he said, when you took on uh, that case or that, that load of patients, when did you realize that you needed to uh, not have that many or have those two particular patients at the same time? And she said, immediately. And then what did you do? I told her I needed help, she said. And she said, no. Now... When a charge nurse says no, you can go over a charge nurse. A lot of people don't think so. A charge nurse is a nurse like you with a little bit more knowledge of the unit, uh, may know certain things a little better than you because she's been trained to be a charge nurse or she's been there for a long time, and therefore she's a charge nurse. So... The lady was like, she said no. I told her I didn't need these patients, that many patients, because she help me out, blah, blah, blah. Well, the charge nurse said she would help me out, but that was that. I was stuck with those two patients plus the three walkie-talkies. Now, this whole time, she's been crying, guys. Her eyes are red. Her eyes are swollen shut. And her husband that was with her along with her kids You know, they were on that road right behind her, and he kept standing up. And then the bailiff had to tell him to sit back down, to the point to where the bailiff had to stand right beside him while he's sitting in the chair. It was automatic in his mind. He see his wife crying. He see his wife breaking down. This is the woman he loves so much. He can't take it, so therefore he just kept standing up, not to hurt anybody, but to go up there and comfort her. And that was a no, okay, at that moment in time. So the judge said, "Let's take a break." They took a little break, maybe about five, ten minutes or so—I can't remember. But the part was well, she came back and she went back up there. And so again, like I said, her face was—it was awful looking. That's what it was. It looked like somebody had punched her in the eyes. I felt bad. I felt horrible for her. I really did. So it was the judge's time to ask her some questions. And he said her name. And he said, "Uh, you do have a, a license, right? She said, I have a driver's license and I have a nursing license. And he said, how long have you had your nursing license? She said, for 30 plus years. And how long have you worked for that company? She said, for 30 plus years. And he didn't know that part, so his eyes got really big. And he said, so what happened? And she didn't repeat the whole story, but the main part was him asking, why didn't you say no? Now that one question just stuck in my brain because it would have saved her every single thing she had went through up to that point okay and he asked her again why didn't you say no she said I don't know he said why didn't you say no to the assignment and she said well because I felt since I've already taken the assignment on you know I just couldn't give it up you know I just didn't I could have just simply said no and be done with it because I've seen people get fired, you know, when they tell them, no, I'm not taking a certain assignment because that's what you're there to do. You work for a company and, you know, I don't want to be fired. I've been, you know, with this company for years. And he said again, why did you take the assignment? And she said, because I was told to take the assignment. Just like that. And she started crying all again. Crying, crying, crying. And the judge wasn't, wasn't hard on her. He wasn't loud with her. He wasn't badgering her the way I think my mind is of badgering. He wasn't doing any of that. No, he wasn't. He simply was asking that question because he wanted clarification because you could have said no. Regardless, you could take the patient's. You know, but you turn around and you tell that charge nurse, either you do this or you do that. But I'm going home if you don't take these patients. And so I guarantee you that charge nurse would have been right by her side. I guarantee you she would have gotten one of those patients or two of those patients because she don't want you to go home. She needs your help as well. So he did talk to the charge nurse, and the charge nurse was like, well, you know, that's a man's search floor. It's a heavy floor. You have to do what you can do to survive, including me. And I can't take on a load of patients because I have a lot to do myself. And he said, well, it seems to me, because they had the film, it seems to me that you were just sitting there at the desk, filing your nails away. She said, yeah, I did file my nails. There was nothing for me to do at that time. And he said, but a code was going on. The first code was going on. And she said, yes, and they had that handled. My po- my position is to keep things outside of there, maintained, everybody's calm, everybody stays cool, collected. And she said, and that's what I was doing. And he said, well, you certainly look like you calm, cool, and collected. You didn't do anything. And she couldn't say anything to that. So he said, why would you not help the young lady out when she needed help? And she said, because I cannot man the desk and help the nurses i can't i mean i can call a doctor or something like that form you know to get information get an order something like that but i cannot leave my front part of the desk because i'm the only one that's there outside of the secretary slash cna i'm gonna find out she was a cna so as a cna she could have went down there to that room along with the charge nurse she could have left to go down there and check on that second patient Okay, so neither one of them did anything. One was fouling the nails and the other one was on the um, computer typing up stuff or doctor's orders, which is what she was supposed to do. So, back to the lady that they fired. He asked her one more time. I probably He probably asked her about 15 times. I know at the most. Why didn't you say no to the assignment? And... The pain that uh, that light bulb in her head just went off like, why didn't I? And then she just put her head down in her lap and she just started crying all over again horribly. To me, she was crying like a wounded animal or um, somebody just died. It was very close to her. Her husband stood up and he just knocked the bailiff's you know, hand off of his shoulder. And the judge was like, it's okay. It's okay. He can come. He was going. He didn't give a shit. If the the judge said no or the bail of anybody else, he was getting to his wife and he got to her. And she was a petite little something. He picked her up and sat down in the chair and was just holding her and rocking her like a baby. That was so sweet. But, uh, oh, well. Anyway... He asked again. <laughs> the judge said, why didn't you say no to the patient? No, just why didn't you say no? And she said, I couldn't. I couldn't say no, but I guess I could now that I look back on it. Yeah, I guess I could. He said, yes, you could have said no. You could have said no. Even if they fired you, you could have said no. No. You're a registered nurse. You can go anywhere and get a job. She said, but that's not the point. I've been there for 30-something years. And he said, and see how good that made it. Like, in other words, so, so what? Your people that hired you and kept you for 30 years let you go like water. You know, just let you go. So anyway, at the end of all of that, at the end of all of that, she cried. My heart went out to her. I think a lot of people, people's heart went out to her, especially the family as well, that um, she was taken care of. Because it wasn't malicious. It, she didn't do anything maliciously to the patient. It's not as if she didn't try. It's not as if she didn't know what to do. She knew what to do. She didn't have the proper equipment nor did she have the correct charge nurse, which still worked there actually. It should have been fired, written up or something. Uh, She didn't have anybody to back her up. And I know that feeling. Nobody's there to back you up. Nobody's wanting to help you. Nobody wants to listen in or care. So the judge said to her, I am terribly sorry. I am terribly sorry. This was a horrific event for you, and it shouldn't have been. But you didn't say no. You didn't say no. So guess what? You have to lose your license. I have to suspend your license. He said, no, no, you don't. He said, I do. You didn't get the understanding of what I said or what I was asking you. Why didn't you say no to the assignment? So that shows me that mentally at that time, you know, anything could have happened. And it did happen. And without that backbone to stand up and say, no, this is not going to happen. This can easily happen to you again. He said, I have to suspend your license. And then he said, well, not suspend, revoke. So you have no chance of getting them back. Suspension, you can Revoking them, nah, you're done. You are done. And she was done. That, once that came out of his mouth, pretty much she fainted. Like, she was done. I didn't even hear her crying anymore. Her husband was holding her. And he, like, let his arm down to see what was going on. She had fainted, basically. And so they called it ambulance for Lance and everything. She was not responsive, you know. Uh, and they reconvened. following day so when they reconvened she was back out you know she went to the hospital that fired her actually because that was the closest one and once she woke up and found out where she was at she was ready to go because she recognized some of the ed nurses and so she was ready to go she had fainted she hadn't ate anything you know her heart was tacky and she needed some fluids and things like that so they got her back stabilized is that they went back in that courtroom he told her the same thing that day. Your license are revoked and you're gonna have to pay this family $2 million. Uh, she didn't have $2 million. There's There was absolutely no way she was gonna ever have $2 million because she had no insurance, no malpractice insurance. And, you know, how was she gonna make it? You're no longer a nurse. So that means you're gonna have to pick up and do something else or sell your home. Say everything you have actually to pay that. And the family side got with their lawyer and said to let it go. Drop the case because this is too much for them too. She didn't do anything that uh, put him in that position. But she did everything to put herself in that position. So he had already had a stroke. He was an elderly guy. 70 something years old and he had dementia as well so they knew the facts about you know the patient and everything and they were like let it go we don't want the money Uh, she can keep the money they just got money from the hospital but they wanted her to know how bad it it hurt and she knew that as well as I know it just by looking at the whole situation but anyway The judge did not give her a license back. He did take the money part away. He suspended that. Uh, The case was closed. They all got up and got ready to go home. But she stood up and she said, I just have one thing to get off my chest. And he said, sure, go ahead. She sighed greatly and deeply apologize for everything that's taken place. You know, I did not mean anything, any harm to your loved one. And uh, she said to the judge, I realize I made a mistake, but to take my license away, my livelihood away, my life away, my way of proving." providing for the family as well, you know, because her husband, he was, I think he was a manager of a store or something like that, but she still made more than him, and she said, that I think was unnecessary, you know, you can suspend me for a little bit, but to take them and me not ever yet to get them back, that is totally too far, and he said, he just shook his head. I understand you, basically. And then she sat back down and started crying again. And he looked up to the sky, the judge did. And when he looked back out in the crowd, his eyes were red. I think he was just trying to hold back his tears. And he said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that this took place. I'm sorry that it happened to you. But again, I have to stick with the reason. You could have said no. You are an educated individual. Individual, you're, you're educated, you're professional. You have been trained to save lives. So therefore, being that you didn't stand up, you didn't even advocate for yourself the way you should have. You know how can you advocate for a patient? How can we trust you to do the same thing in the future? Who's to say you won't? That type thing is what he kept saying over and over. But the last thing he said, which it just stuck with me since, he said the next time anybody in this courtroom that's a nurse, because she did have friends there, uh, that's a nurse, that's a doctor, lawyer, whatever, if it comes down to you losing your job and being terminated, I don't care if you got 50 years on the job, you should never take an assignment that you know that you're not qualified to do 100% because you're not used to doing it? The answer is no, I'm not taking that assignment, period. And walk out with your license and go find another job and take your years with you. Just resign and you would still have your money, your 401k, all of that would still be with you. That's what should have happened in this case and it didn't she didn't say no. So you all learn. Learn it right now from this day forward. Say no. He got up, hit that gavel thingy, and went on out the door. And that was that. Case closed. No license, no job, no retirement, no nothing. I don't know what became of her. I don't know. Uh, I don't know, but I was upset about it, and um, I didn't go up to her or anything like that. I just remember her face like it was yesterday, So, and this was over 20 years ago for me. She's probably passed away by now, but I don't know. I don't know. So the moral of the story, ladies and gentlemen, I say no, okay, and I have. And I got my practice insurance, and I'm okay with that. Doesn't bother me if I am, because right now I work up another company, but I still have my my practice insurance. I don't give a shit what she got to say. I, it can happen again, right to me or anybody else that's listening to this podcast show right now. So thank you for coming in and listen. Remember to say no if you're a nurse. Remember to ask questions. And if that charge nurse said no, you better get your ass up and go get the blame um, nurse manager or somebody right above her supervisor. Somebody's there. Somebody is there. Okay? All right. Have a good day. Thank you for listening. And this is Didi, That Black Nurse, and I'm out.